Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about balance. I don't know about you, but I find balance to be one of the most challenging aspects of being human. (laughs) Maybe it's just me. Maybe I have a tendency to overindulge or be hyper-focused on something, but holding that center ground, being balanced in my life is just especially challenging for me. I seem to have only two modes of existence, which is potato... in which I'm just a lump uh, on a couch or under a blanket. Uh, Maybe I have some snacks under that blanket with me, but I'm definitely either in potato mode or I'm in hyperactive mode in which I'm doing everything all at once. No stops, no breaks, no processing of anything. And those are not really the two best modes to live in. It's okay to be in one or the other temporarily, but as a constant form of existence, it's not the healthiest. So let's talk about how to live in a more balanced way, how to live more from our center so that we can cultivate ease, so that we can move through our experiences with a lot more levity without everything being so heavy-handed, because that's definitely how I feel when I'm in a hyper-focused productivity go-go-go-go mode. I'm very much consumed by whatever the opposite of ease is (laughs) me just trying to do 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 for example it's very challenging and so what do I even mean by balance what do I even mean by centered to be balanced means that I guess you can imagine a basket of eggs you know they have that saying don't put all your eggs in one basket It's very much similar as far as how you live your life which is you don't put too much weight on one area for one thing it just causes a lot of stress in our lives If all we have in our life is work, and then work goes terribly, if we suddenly have a really hard time at work, maybe there's a huge project, maybe things are super stressful, or maybe we're getting into fights with our boss or our coworker, whatever it is, then it feels like everything is bad because there's too much emphasis on the work. If that's your entire life and that's not good, then your entire life feels not good. And in addition to just being able to dissipate some of that stress by having other things going on, It also helps us to be more centered. So if something does come up, if there is a challenge, as life tends to give us challenges, we're able to operate from more of a centered space if we have these other areas of our life that might be able to support us or to lend us strength or good ideas. And I'll tell you a little bit more in a moment about what I think about that. But imagine for example, that you have a plate. When you're out of balance, your plate is a lot more full. Like there are things falling off the sides of your plate. You're absolutely overloaded. There's too much going on. Whereas if you're balanced or you're centered, there's a lot more room on the plate. There's room in the margins. That's what I think of when I think of centered, which is that everything's kind of gathered more toward the center. And so you're not overextending yourself. You're not stretched beyond your capacity. Everything's nice and centered in the center of that plate. And so you have a lot more margin of error for when things come up because this is life we're talking about. There's always changes. There's always surprises. 
difficulties or challenges that crop up and when that happens it tends to knock us off a of balance being knocked off balance is not a big deal if you have room in those margins of your life if you're centered if you're living from a centered place so let's first define what a balanced life what a centered life might look like and actually i think of them as slightly different things so i'm going to give you the definition of balanced first and then the definition of centered so balanced means that your interests your sources of joy the things that you have going on in your life are more dispersed so you don't just have a work life for example you also have friendships and you also have hobbies or things that you love you also have play you also have your relationship with your body. You also have your self-care practices. You also have other aspects of your life that are opposite of each other in order to give you that balance. So again, thinking of a seesaw, for example. Seesaw is a great analogy for this. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, when I say seesaw in the United States, <laughs> it's like this plank that children sit on. There's a child on one end and another child on the other and they move it up and down based on their movements. So like if one child goes down, the other one goes up and vice versa. And to be balanced means that the children are, you know, exactly the same weight or they're both of their feet are on the ground on both sides. But whatever it is that the, the seesaw, the plank of wood is horizontal, perfectly horizontal. So that's in balance. I'm sure you could have thought of other less complicated metaphors <laughs> to be balanced in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever balance means for you, visualize that. But in the situation with the seesaw, what makes it balanced is because there's counterweight on the opposing side. And so thinking of opposites. So the opposite of work is play or the opposite of work is rest. And so if you have a work life, you must also absolutely have a rest life or a play life. If you have a romantic relationship, for example, or relationships with other people, it would also be beneficial to have a good relationship with yourself because that would add counterbalance. That way, if there's difficulty in your relationship with other people, it's not as severe because you still have a great relationship with yourself. Or the contrary, you have a difficult relationship with yourself, you're working through some personal issues, some self-love, some self-worth, for example, are the two I can think of immediately where people often struggle with their self-relationship. On the contrary, if you have really great loving relationships with others, that will help you balance that out because then they can affirm you. They can give you love and support when you struggle to give it to yourself. So whatever you have in your life, think about what the contrary to that would be and ask yourself, do you invest equally in both parts of your life? So if you have a work life and you work, I don't know, eight hours a day, do you also have rest built in? And I don't want to start quantifying with hours or time because there's something to be said about quality. If you work eight hours a day, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need eight hours of rest, though we do, we need sleep. <laughs> I guess I'm already contradicting myself. But this idea that, you know, maybe you just need two hours of play for every eight hours of work that you do, and you would still feel balanced in that situation. So don't get too hung up on the hours or the time or the direct equivalence. Just think of it as quality investment. If you do this much work, do you also invest in rest and play? Which I don't. <laughs> or at least not willingly. I have to work pretty hard to convince myself that rest and play are just as important. And we'll come back to that once I get past these definitions. That is my definition of balance, which is whatever you're investing your time in, do you also invest in its counter opposite in order to give yourself this spherical experience to your life? And then centered is more about a mindset or this idea that what really matters, what's really important to you, 
or maybe even from a place of values. So for example, let's say that your relationship with yourself is a core value. Then everything you do, no matter if it's in the area of work or relationships or your relationship with your body or your creativity, whatever it is, you're you're doing it from this place of, is this an act of love toward myself? For example, if that was your value. So your center is kind of your, think of it as your rock or your core principles. What holds you down? as these other pieces are forever moving. Because our work is always changing, our relationships are always changing, the conditions of our daily life is always changing, and your center is what holds you steady in place as these other aspects are forever going wild, (laughs) for lack of a better word. (laughs) Imagine that you're a wheel. I don't know why you're a wheel. Your life is a wheel. But that center spoke, the part that that looks stationary, and it's not really stationary. I should not have chosen a wheel. But this part that looks stationary while the other spokes are moving around. The moving around is your life. So what's holding you steady in the center? And it's usually values or guiding principles or a strong sense of self-love or self-worth. But that's also an integral part of balance because you need that centering in order to live these different areas of your life from a center place. So cultivate both. Cultivate your center and cultivate balance. And that's how you will have a lot more peace in your life generally. You have a lot more ease, have a lot more steadiness. You won't feel like everything that happens is just sweeping you off your feet and carrying you off or probably more like sucking you up into a tornado and throwing you around. (laughs) At least that's how it feels for me when something crops up and I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Where am I going? It can feel very off balance. It can feel very dramatic when those things happen. So how do we build a balanced life? If you know that, no, I am absolutely not investing equally in all of my needs and all of my well-being, how in the world do I even consider that? How do I build a balanced life? These would be the steps that I would recommend to you. First, I would look at where you are now. So it does require a realistic assessment, not just a realistic assessment, but a loving one. So don't, again, it all goes back to it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. Do not beat yourself up. Be like, gosh, you workaholic, caffeine addict, (laughs) person who can't sleep or get off social media. Instead of talking to yourself like that, just look at what's going on. Be like, okay, I work 12 hours a day. I drink 18 cups of coffee. I drink no water and I get about two hours of sleep and I wonder why I'm stressed. Instead of being too hard on yourself about it, just be like, okay, I obviously am doing it like this for some reason. Somewhere along the line, I thought that this would get me somewhere or this would get me the results I want. But obviously it's not getting me the results I want. So what am I going to do about it? So just figure out where you are. Think about the different areas that you have in your life and are they in balance? And if you're struggling to figure out what your wheel looks like, for example, if you're like, what are the areas of my life that might need to be balanced? Here's some examples. It's going to be different for everyone because, again, everyone has different lives. They've built different lives. But these are just some options for you to consider. Your work life, which I mentioned, your career life. There's your spiritual life, your creative life, your intellectual life. So stimulating not just your body, but also your mind. There's parenting, if you have parenting, but then also personal. So not just, again, others, but you. There's also relationships, relationships with friends, relationships with family, relationships with other people, but also, again, the contrary relationship with yourself. There's your emotional growth, there's the area of your physicality, your body. How well do you take care of your body? Do you feed it well? Does it get enough sleep? Are you watering it? <laughs> now I'm making you sound like a plant. Do you take good care of your plant body? So on and so forth. There's your relationship with nature. So maybe are you spending too much time indoors, stuck in front of a computer? Do you ever get outside and touch grass? That might be something you want to do. 
There's your individualistic needs, like you as an individual, what do you need to be healthy, happy, and well? Versus community, like do you connect with your community as a whole? There's physical health and fitness, but also mental health and fitness. There's your social life. There's really, there's so many things. I can't even think of all of them, but this idea that there are different aspects to you and to your well being, and are they in balance? Do you give them all equal time? And that's how you would need to start with the assessment is looking at each of these things and be like, I have no social life, and I have no love life, and I spend way too much time crying in front of the TV. <laughs> I might have been describing myself at some point. And so basically, you'll need to look at that and say, okay, well, what can I do to add counterweight to these other areas? What steps am I going to take to balance that out? If I'm obviously got too much going on in this area and it needs to be diverted and invested elsewhere, what can I do? And so you won't know that until you do this first initial assessment. So assess the areas of your life, figure out what aspects you do need or that you do want. It doesn't have to be always a need. It can just be what you want. It could be that you want more friends. Okay, so you want to invest in a social life, not just a relationship with yourself. Or maybe I want more time to myself. I spend it way too much on other people. I need some alone time then you would look at that. Again, just thinking about opposites. And if you identify a need in one category, for example, a social life, then also think about your connection with yourself. Do you give yourself enough alone time, enough time to think? If you're always going and doing, do you have enough quiet time? Or do you have time for meditation or reflection or for thinking? If you spend a lot of time making other people happy, what do you do to make yourself happy? So thinking about opposites. Assess what you're doing, thinking about its opposite. Think about where you can add counterweight so that you can bring things into balance. Symptoms that your life is out of balance is, again, if you're crying, <laughs> if you're crying, if you're stressed, if one thing goes wrong and it feels like the end of the world, that area of your life might have too much weight in it. There might be too much focus on that. You may not have a counter category to that. So for example, sticking with the work, if something goes wrong at work and it feels like the world is ending, it might be that you don't have enough weight or attention on the opposite of work, your life outside of work whether that be relationships or personal time or whatever it is that needs that counterbalance. So looking at that, like how can you move away from everything being so focused on the work? What counterbalance can you add to your daily life? So try to make choices and move your life around so that you can bring that balance back into your life. So again, you got to assess what you need, figure out what the polar opposite is, figure out how you'd like to invest in it, and then look at where you are currently. So for example, if you're like, I'm working 12 hours a day, and sure, yes, I would also love to have a social life, but I don't right now. What steps can you make to invest in the creation of that category? So if you want to balance your work life with a social life, as example, and you're thinking, but I don't have any friends, <laughs> how are you going to make friends? Like, where do you want to make these friends? Where do you think these friends are hanging out? What do you want to do with these friends? And start making a plan for how to build that part of your life. And you can build anything if you're thinking, oh my god, I can't possibly. Absolutely. I came from a very challenging family. I had no relationships with anyone. I was completely isolated and alone. I was absolutely depressed. And I built a very different life piece by piece. You can absolutely do this. I promise you. It's just about becoming aware of what you need so that you know what you're building toward. And then taking small, manageable steps in that direction of what you want. So if you work too much and you want a social life, sticking with my original example, what kind of friends do you want? Get really clear. What kind of friends do you want? Where do you think those people hang out? How are you going to meet them? How are you going to introduce yourself? What are you going to do if you connect with someone but they don't like you? <laughs> and I don't want to depress you and get ahead of myself, but there are times when we're trying to make friends and 
we really like someone, but they don't particularly feel connected to us or vice versa. Someone we don't like feels like, oh, they want to be our best friend. Thinking about things that you want to do to navigate that situation, being clear on what you're trying to move toward, and then make the steps to build out that life and then give yourself time to do that because changes are always slow. At least for me, it always feels like it takes longer than I think it should. But keep moving in that direction because one day you will look up and you'll be like, oh, wow, I'm not so stressed about work anymore because I also have a really amazing social network now that gives me a lot of fulfillment and joy. So identify what you need. Identify what steps you need to bring that into your life to cultivate that counterbalance, that counter aspect to help fill things out. And then actually commit to giving equal time to all aspects of your well-being. So there's the four pillars that I always talk about, which are the relationship with your body, your relationship with your mind and emotions, your relationship with your creativity, with your spirit. It's also where your relationship with God would live if you have a religious kind of mindset. And then your relationships to other people. Do you give equal time to all aspects of your well-being and if not where can you make changes and then working on the mindset changes that might be impeding you from doing that so for me it's really hard for me to walk away from work (laughs) i always use these work examples with you because i am a workaholic I will confess that, admit that to you. I am trying to not be. I'm trying to have other aspects of my life that are more balanced. But the reason why I'm so attached to working is because that was what I was taught as a child was that you're only as viable as you are useful. You're only as valuable as you are accomplished. You're only as valuable as you are deemed by other people. And a lot of that happens in the working space. So whatever I can produce, whatever I can create that might bring me some more achievement or it's all attached to that and those were the values that I was given as a child because of my father my challenging lovely father he valued those things and so if I wanted to be quote loved or valued by him I had to also prescribe to those values but it really disadvantaged me to be so attached to working because again it kept me from finding the value of other aspects of living joy rest connection We tend to, as humans, devalue certain emotions or experiences and place higher value on other things. So as you're making these changes, you might feel yourself resisting the process. And if you are resisting, you might need to acknowledge that it might be because you've got some core value that's in conflict with your challenges. And so it might even be that you need to do a lot of value work. You need to look at why you're so attached to things or why you invest your time the way you do. Why do you do what you do? Is there someone who programmed you to do it that way? Is there someone who told you you're only worthy if you do 12 hours of work a day? You're only worthy if you take care of everyone else but yourself. And so once you identify that conflicting value, you have to work to deprogram it and to let it go so you can make room for these other aspects of your life that will help balance out that hyper-focus that will correct that imbalance. So again, it might take a lot more time to bring balance into your life than you think, not just because of the logistical stuff, because a lot of us have built lives that do not allow for socializing or dating or writing or creating art or whatever it is that makes us happy and brings us joy. We just simply don't have the time for it or the space. Sometimes it's a space constraint. You don't have room in your place to do it. So there's not just the logistics, but there's also the value stuff to work on. You were told that unless you are the absolute top of your field and recognized as the best person ever to have ever lived, you're not worth anything. And so you keep striving to create that. And so that's where you invest your time and energy. Logistics and values, you got to tackle them both. And that requires a lot of awareness. That requires a lot of introspection and reflection. But whatever you can do to bring your life back into balance, do that. 
because it will just relieve a lot of your stress from your day-to-day life when you're not putting too much weight on any one aspect of your life, when you have that nice, solid center. And there's a lot of room for error in the margins so that when something comes up, you're just not totally floored by it. And also just be ready for some trial and error because certain things are very personality-based. For example, I feel great when I cross things off a list. Because I am a ambitious person with a lot of driver traits. And driver personality traits means that we like getting things done. We like seeing results. We like productivity. And so what helps me to feel balanced and centered is going to be a bit different than everyone else. And so you'll only know for yourself what makes you feel good, what makes you feel restored. And again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's not always a direct correlation So just because you spent eight hours doing that, you don't necessarily need to spend eight hours doing the opposite. You may be able to accomplish that feeling of restfulness, of peace, or tranquility from just a couple hours or 30 minutes. It really just depends. So play with things, figure out what you care about, figure out what brings you joy, what brings you peace, and then just give yourself permission to add that counterbalance to the areas of your life that you need. Do it even though the voices in your head are telling you that your life's going to fall apart if you divest certain energies. It's not true. In fact, you're making yourself more stable. You're making yourself more resilient, more capable of pulling forward because not every single one of your eggs is in the basket. Looking at you, Corey, the work basket. (laughs) So if that takes a hit, you lose everything. It's not true. You have your energy and your time and your emotions and your well-being invested in other areas. So if one thing falls apart, you're much more likely to be fine. So don't believe the lie that you got to press really hard into one area of your life to see results. It's not true. It's a lie. Invest equally across the board so that you have a more balanced and centered approach and you're a lot more capable of dealing with difficulties when things crop up. Not to mention just having a much happier life because <laughs> you're not so stressed out being hyper-focused on one particular area. And that's it for today, dear human. That's my very brief introduction into balance. I feel like I could do a whole book or course or something on the idea of balance because there's so much nuance. There's so many aspects of it that could be looked at and explored. But, you know, we try to keep it at 20, 25 minutes for these episodes and I didn't want to overdo it. So that's it for today. But as always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask me for thoughts on something that you're dealing with, if you're struggling with balance, for example, and you have a follow-up question, please email me at cory at coryamsham.com or you can reach me through any of my social media. Send me those questions. I'd be happy to hear from you. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, Please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.